Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Golink Show. My name is Ben Harris. I am the founder of Golink, a goal-setting community providing growth junkies, which is hopefully you, with weekly challenges to avoid complacency. If you're looking to grow and develop consistency, consistently, you're in the right place. These challenges are inspired by brands to bring you new ways to improve yourself. You can kick back and watch me take on these exciting and uncomfortable challenges, or you can join me. I challenge every listener to complete these weekly goals. Catch the content on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube at Golink Group. The Golink Show, this podcast recounts experiences from the achievers of the world, but not just the success. We delve into the challenges and the struggle that we all face. How do we find the will to push through? What role do motivation, discipline, and failure play in our lives? Let's talk about the process and not just the result. We discuss this and much more on the show. Thanks for tuning in. This week, I have my friend Sarah on the show. We met back in college, back in my rap days. Uh, I remember her just being an energetic person, the life of the party. And now she's a grad student at Clemson. So we're both in South Carolina. And I just wanted to catch up see how life and the hustle is going. We talk about her early days in a small town and how she fought fear early on to become social and outgoing because she wasn't always that way. She even admits, or we talk about how she admits, um, she talked to a friend recently and she had to come clean about a malicious intent that she had toward them and the moment of being vulnerable. After not being accepted into a sorority, she started a new chapter at the University of Utah and so listen to her adventure of launching this new sorority and how that relates to business. How and why she has grown her Instagram page to eventually being paid and sponsored because it wasn't always that way. There's a downside to it, of course, as we know with, with everything. She's in credit card debt because she's been trying to keep up with the validation from trips, eyelash extensions, lip injections, Botox, trying to get photos at dinner and everyone's pissed off. There's the huge upside as well which is the community and the bonding and why imperfect action is better than perfect inaction. Without any further ado, let's hop into the conversation with Sarah. All right, yo, everyone, welcome to the Golink Show. Sarah, how the hell are you? What's up? What's up? <laughs> um, so, Sarah, how long ago did we meet? Um, I think we met in 2000, maybe 10. I think it was, yeah, I think it was 2010. 2010. That's crazy. And do you remember the first time we met? Well, I think I remember, this is my, <laughs> this is how I think we met, um, in a parking lot in, in by Murray high school. Was, was that the first time <laughs> we might've met before then, but I think that was the first time we had a one-on-one -on -one conversation. <laughs> That was That's the first funny. time I knew that you knew who I was because okay, I definitely okay. knew who you were. Okay. Well, that you make me sound cooler than I am. <laughs> no, very cool. But uh, so I think the first time we met, so right was at a concert. What what was the house called? Oh, the Black Pearl. Yes, the Black Pearl. So college, <laughs> 2010, University of Utah, and my rap group. We were performing one of yeah, 2010. So it that had was pretty. That was pretty early. Yeah. And it was, man, that was so fun. It, it was, was just a packed house, <laughs> packed, but it was literally a house, a packed house, <laughs> not just like a club. It was literally <laughs> a packed family room, <laughs> but it was so fun. And like we packed pallets up, brought these speakers in and it was so fun. Like 
uh, yeah, it was just so fun. And I think that was the first time. But I'm curious. So in this high school parking lot, was it just me and you? No, um, I think Cat, Cat, Kate, Cat Hersher. Okay. Cat, wrong name. <laughs> I don't know. I you. was a bridesmaid in her wedding. I'm be How honest. How dare you? <laughs> I don't remember her name. Yeah. Uh, Hersher's not even her last name anymore. Oh, so, okay, um, I remember. And we was I giving you like CDs or no? Merch okay, or something? here's what happened. So at this concert. Uh-huh. I thought you were so cool. And you had these black <laughs> t-shirts that you were selling at the yes. door. They said Hurris really big on the front. <laughs> yep. Black t-shirts, white print. Awesome. And I was like, oh my gosh, really cool rapper. I want this t-shirt. So me being the rebellious person that I was in 2010, mm-hmm. I'm an angel now in case anyone I know is listening. Um, I stole your t-shirt. <laughs> I stole it because I wanted it and I thought it was really cool. And then the concert was over and I realized I was like, this poor guy is trying to make his way (laughs) as a rap superstar. And I have $10 I can give him for a t-shirt. And so this was, this was back in the day before Venmo before. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Like I didn't have any other way to contact you. Somehow I got your number. Okay. And we met up in that parking lot so I could give you $10 for the t-shirt that I sold. Because did you I write anything on that $10 bill? <laughs> did I write something on it? Probably. So because, <laughs> so this is funny. If, because I still have a $10 bill as memorabilia that it says you're a really good rapper. Probably. <laughs> and I, I know it was it was during that time. And so that's funny. I'm not, it was yeah either that night or from you. So that's just funny. But. I was hoping, like, if you'd remember, because I still don't know who it's from. I do remember being in the car with her, waiting for you to be there. And we were just, like, talking back and forth. I remember something about the dashboard, so I could have been writing it on the Mm. dashboard as we were waiting for you to come. But you just hopped in the back seat. I remember that. I, like, thought I would just, like, here's your $10, sir. I got in the car. Yes. Hopped in the back seat and, like, hung out with us for a minute. That's cool. I felt Um, like a superstar. And that's when I was just starting my dreads, too. Oh, they didn't look like dreads at that time. The dread phase. Yeah, they were just like, yeah, when I, yeah, when you're starting dreads, they don't look good. That's all we need to say. But anyway, that was a cool story. I didn't expect that. And now we, we are reunited in a place I never would have guessed at Clemson University uh, Yeah. in South Carolina. The middle of nowhere. Who would have known? <laughs> and so, yeah, it's funny that we're both here. And so what town in Utah you're originally from? Brigham City, Utah. And are your is your family still there? Yeah, mom and dad, Jules and Diva, we call them. <laughs> Very nice. And then so let's start there. Because for as long as I've known you, you've been the connector or the networker or the social person. Right? Y- yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> okay. So did that start in high school or did you like make a change in college or where does that personality come from? Oh my gosh. It came in junior high. I had this really big like experience. I think I was the seventh grade, like young. Um, I was really insecure, really shy elementary school, got to junior high and um, started dancing, started dancing competitively, found some people in Brigham City that made me feel awesome and Mm. everything changed 
Just dancing? Yeah. Like putting myself out there, becoming comfortable with my body, with having to perform, um, Hmm. and realizing that I enjoyed that spotlight. Also, I remember, you know, those, um, those fundraisers where you'd have to go stand out in front of the grocery store and talk to people miserable who likes doing that no one (laughs) and I remember hating that and being so scared to talk to people so scared of that rejection of that no Mm. and finally something switched in my brain that was like all of a sudden I was like I want to try really hard because this is like this is more of a challenge this is gonna be fun Mm. to see who I can talk to and like what funny stories can come more so than just focusing on the reward of that dollar bill or whatever it was for the fundraiser. Mm -hmm. And so I started putting myself into places that made me really nervous and uncomfortable. In junior high? Yeah, junior high. Wow, that's young to realize that. Do you still do that? I've got very complacent. Um, The last couple of years I lived in Utah. Mm -hmm. Life was super comfortable. I had a great job. Got to clock out at five Mm -hmm. and just put it away traveled a ton i felt like i knew everyone that Mm -hmm. i was going to know or had met in salt lake like knew my place that you really like cared about knowing at least right like significant people maybe that i thought that i Mm -hmm. was looking for or i got to a place where i was like um more content with who I had met and wasn't actually looking to make those connections further. Um, So yeah, but being out in Clemson, I've had to push myself into that uncomfortable place Mm -hmm. just because it comes with the territory being challenged out here. But, Um, and then, so when was the last time we'll jump back to your beginnings, Mm. but when was the last time you did like a, like you challenge yourself. Like, do you specifically remember something here at Clemson that you're like, I'm afraid to do this. I'm going to go talk to somebody. Oh my gosh. Literally two days ago. Perfect. What was it? <laughs> <laughs> um, I had to admit to someone who for the last three years, I craved their approval. Whoa. Okay. Here we go. We're getting it. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to like, crave their approval to the fact that the choices I made, I cared more about what this person thought than I cared about what God thought. Like, whoa, to the point where I was making decisions based on this person, um, wholeheartedly for the last three years. And I had to call them and admit to some pretty terrible things that I did with malicious intent and completely apologize for that. Without, like, expectation of forgiveness or without expectation of, um, like, rekindling anything or re, like, any, like, without that expectation of just, like, admitting wholeheartedly what I did and the intent behind it. And I had been wrestling with this since, well, really wrestling with this since November, like, to the point where I had written a letter I was going to send Mm. didn't send it. I was trying to find the right words to say, called them, called them on Tuesday night out of the blue. Wow. Instead of sending the letter, they asked me straight up what my intent was. And I kind of like fielded the answer 
and made it seem less than it really was Mm -hmm. and went to bed that lot that night realizing what I had done Mm. and not feeling like I had fully been honest in that moment and called them back the next day really appreciate them taking that call the second day after having the first initial conversation um and I had to write I wrote out three pages of what I was going to say because I'm actually trip over my words a lot Mm -hmm. when I'm trying to express my emotions yeah and I just read it word for word. I tried to make it sound like I wasn't reading it, yeah, but okay. and like wholeheartedly admitting that there was malicious intent, but that what had the impact was it, it seemed like it was malicious about someone that it wasn't actually. And I had to admit to them that it was about them and um, just like wholeheartedly open myself up and admit to this person that I had been trying for years to be perfect in their eyes that's crazy thanks for admitting that i didn't expect you to go there especially that quickly but thank you for being vulnerable um i'm sure what like you've learned a lot and i have some follow-up questions if that's okay i am open to questions (laughs) (laughs) you brought it up (laughs) so with this person it sounds like you're pretty close with them Uh, yeah i was was yes and who knows you might be but it has to heal like it's been this week which makes sense completely um have you like why and again that was so soon first i need to give you props for doing that people die without saying these things so i want to say that like for real you should be proud of yourself like yeah you're still not feeling good about what what you did but you took the first step in forgiving yourself and that's what it's about. And I think that's super cool that you went into it knowing that you probably won't get like, Hey, it's okay. Or that they'll forgive you. Right. You went in there doing it for yourself. Not, well, not necessarily like you're doing it for them, but it really is for yourself. Right. Like you have to forgive yourself. Yeah. You, that's, yeah, and letting go, like being able to forgive someone I think is more important than receiving forgiveness because I feel like a lot of times people ask for forgiveness so that they can just get it off their chest. Yeah. And then it ends up putting more weight on the other person. Yeah, that's smart. And so I was trying not to have that happen while, which is why I went into it like not expecting the forgiveness. Well, and it's funny because if you went in there expecting forgiveness, it's the same loop that you were already on about expe- like wanting their approval exactly. and wanting their forgiveness. Yeah. Whoa. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So was this like a spiritual moment or how did you finally get up the courage? Cause I, how, how long has this been going on years? Well, the needing their approval years, um, what I did happened late November, maybe early December. Okay. And I know like, just cause you're a good human, it's been on your mind. So how did it finally come up that you t- had the courage to jump? That is a great, great question. It was so random. I was sitting in my chair. <laughs> that I can see. <laughs> do we call this a dorm room? What do we, we call can this? Ca- we can call it that. I mean. A grad dorm room. So yeah. it's just level up that you've put wallpaper in. <laughs> I truly tried to make it a <laughs> home. <laughs> yes. It, I had been wrestling with. To the point where I've been thinking about this person nonstop from mm. the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed, knowing that 
even, I just knew that something had to happen because I had been in such a negative headspace the first couple months of this year. Um, and I went on a service trip that was able to get my, like, get me out of my head, stop thinking so selfishly. Mm. Um, more so like it wasn't more so like not just doing service, but being able to lead a group of students who were there to get some sort of experience and have had intentional reflections every night for them, but Mm. getting out of thinking about myself, you know, being able to really focus on. So the moment of getting out of yourself, that was when you had the light bulb or the, it was more so like that was what made me realize the funk I was in. And maybe part of this funk was for, was because I had been knowing that I had did so, had done something that hurt someone else. Mm. And how long ago was that? Was that trip? Like weeks uh, ago? Two weeks. That's still not easy. So two weeks isn't thinking about it for a very long time to really get the courage to do it. And writing well, I a did write, I wrote the letter. I was, I actually made the call over winter break when I was home in Utah and the call was not answered or returned. Mm. Um, so at that point, and I sent a text a couple weeks later, also not responded, Mm -hmm. nothing. Um, so that's when I was thinking of writing the letter, especially because knowing how I trip over my words and wanting to really express how I was feeling in an articulate way one that someone can understand. Um, I decided to write the letter, but it's funny because this letter that I wrote was more, it was like more of a longing letter. Like I think it was a, I lost hope that anything good is going to come for me in my life. And it it stayed in that, like Mm -hmm. needing that approval space of what was I thinking you were the best thing for me. And I took that for granted and I can real, I can see that now. That's what the letter more formed as never sent the letter, but was like in the back of my head, hoping that like someday this person and I will meet up again and things will be better and who knows what will happen. But then I made the call knowing it well, like that I had written a letter in that aspect and the call was not that at all. And it helped me really have closure with this person of like, this is not what I want. That's not why I was holding on to it. I was holding on to it because I made mistakes that I needed Mm. to own up for. And I confused that with like a desire for approval, which is a desire for like acceptance, that opposite Mm. of rejection feeling, wanting to be made whole again by this person coming back into my life. But really it was about me moving forward but I couldn't move forward until I had owned up to what I had done because I had put a lot of the blame on them do you feel better already so much better interesting and to the point where we got off the phone and I was like it's probably like a weight like a huge burden yes it was like closure and peace yeah peace that's cool good for you that's not easy again. And thank you for sharing that because that is vulnerable. Um, okay. So 
let's go back. We're going See, back. We're going back to <laughs> like after high school. Okay. So high school to college. College, the University um, of Utah. And so you're, what sorority were you in again? Well, I was in Alpha Phi, but I didn't join until my junior year. So why didn't you? I didn't. So again, I'm from like a, if you know, Brigham City. It's like a cute little small town, yeah. northern Utah, mm -hmm. close to Logan. Um, I've always lived, and I still do it, I'll admit it, like in this bubble of Sarah's world. Mm. As an only child, my parents are a lot older. Um, I didn't really have to. Sheltered. Is that what you mean? I wouldn't say, no. I would say opposite <laughs> okay. of sheltered. Not oh. sheltered, but very uh -huh. self-absorbed. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't have to share my time. I didn't have to share my things. I didn't have to think about any other person's agenda my entire life. Hmm. And so from that, um, I don't even know what the question was. Well, we were just going like, <laughs> why didn't you join, join oh, the, the sorority? Oh, the sorority, sorority. <laughs> So I didn't know what a sorority was when I came to college. Okay, I'm okay. be honest. I yeah. like, I guess I missed that part of like movies because I just like, I was yeah. with, I danced and I was with my friends and we were always outside. We were running around. We had this lake. Yeah. Manaway Reservoir that's, Lake. That's how life, that's a great life. Though. It was so great. Mm -hmm. Like just simple, yeah. small and like the, the joys of being young mm -hmm. so I didn't really get it like I had heard of what it was but I didn't understand so I didn't go through my freshman year I went through my sophomore year and this was before Alpha Phi was even on campus okay. so your girl was trying to get into DG or Kayo right. as most of our friends in Utah and so that's, are what about outside of Utah is that a are those two sororities that people want to get in yeah, yeah, definitely. Even outside of Utah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, they're good nationwide. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, I didn't get in to either. And why is that? Why don't people I didn't get, get into in? any? Is it more because like because I know people have their moms that are yeah. in it. Like you have kind of a history. You have a history, and I think I rubbed people the wrong way my freshman oh, year. Oh, and they interview <laughs> you too, right? Yeah. Like your personality or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Well, even because my first year I wasn't in one, mm -hmm. and I like was spending a lot of time with people who were and I thought we were friends. <laughs> uh -huh. But I think that because there was a perception of me or that I maybe I was older, I was a sophomore now, so maybe they wanted freshmen. Um, I kind of take up a lot of space in rooms. I understand that. Like I understand how I can come off. Um so for better or worse, your girl didn't get a bid. <laughs> Which is also hard to admit because you want people to like you and you want to like yeah. people to think you're cool. Self accept or the acceptance thing again. Yeah. So I think when I met you, it was a it was sophomore year. It was very hard. I like remember crying in the shower every night because I didn't think I was pretty enough. I wasn't good enough. Mm. I didn't have a high status family. I wasn't rich enough. I there were all these mm. things that like were going through my head of coming from a small town to Salt Lake where I realized kind of the social structure that was there and really, really wanting to be a part of it, really mm. wanting to be accepted. And I thought that that acceptance was going to come through being a Chi Omega or Delta Gamma and being able to interact with the people who were from Salt Lake and whose families run Salt Lake. Yeah, for real though. <laughs> um, and that's what I was searching for. And it hurt thinking that I was like on my way 
to like get really not worrying about where I came from, but being able to make a stand for myself and seeing that not come like not come into fruition, but you know, hindsight, I'm so glad that it didn't because mm-hmm. I was able to, um, be one of the founding members of alpha fee. And we had one, we had a really, really hard couple first years trying to get people to join a sorority that had no That's brand new. Yeah. yeah. To yeah. Brand new to the campus. No history. That's no history. Yeah. No one like, knew what the reputation was going to be. Did you, did it feel like, I'm just going to say it. Did it feel like, like, I don't want to go to the rejects sorority or something like that. Oh yeah. For sh- like the first year I will say now, we just recruited second, so <laughs> you can step down Delta Gamma. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, we, you know, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Like we all, all love one love. But that's huge progress. Yeah, huge progress. Um, but it did. It felt that way, and I was very much like, I want it to be this certain way. I want to have leaders, and I want people. I want it to compete with these hot, these top sororities, mm-hmm. and I want to make a name for ourselves. But yeah, it was a lot of. We had to recruit people who didn't join a sorority so like girls that weren't sorority material were a lot of the people we were recruiting in air quotes yeah air quotes air quotes sorority material we're all everyone is yeah it's a great thing for everyone everyone has a place um and i mean that in all sincerity like i really do think it's a great program for students so yes um we like didn't have any funding either because we didn't have a lot of people got like one t-shirt that first year how'd you get funding dues so because people are not joint like we only had a couple members there we're only getting a certain amount of dues but when Mm -hmm. we have 120 members you have a lot more dues to do functions do t-shirts that makes sense did you have a house your first year no we didn't until our second year and because you had enough dues yeah well and our internationals really wanted to help us get a house because everyone else on campus had a house so to be competitive, we to, needed a house. To be perceived as legitimate, you need a house. Yeah, and to be able to succeed in recruitment. That's cool. Did that teach you lessons about business in your mind? Definitely. Business, marketing. Yeah. Um, That's a cool experience. Having to go on dates with women from the university. like we, I sat at Jamba Juice my junior year for probably the most of it, just meeting with students on campus really? and like trying to get them interested in being an mm-hmm. alpha fee, trying to have them buy into the values, buy into like mm-hmm. the leadership opportunities and seeing it for more than just a place to go socialize with your friends because you can do that for free. So how are you going to sell a $1,200 a semester organization mm-hmm. to a woman who is at the University of Utah, which is a commuter school, a lot of people live at home. Yeah. Tuition isn't high comparatively to the rest of the country. So you have to think about that. Um, yeah, it taught me a lot about even just as we're starting a new sorority, how are you being perceived? So it was like, be polished. If you're wearing your letters, like look good, act good, talk like mm. you are, you know what you're doing. Like you're on point. Yes. Game face on. You are 100% a representation of an organization in which you are trying to recruit other Hmm. student leaders. Yeah, that is interesting. So it really did work out. Like, it just what we're talking about, like starting this new sorority that you got denied from the other ones. Yeah. So, what other blessings in disguise have you learned, whether it's in college or just 
any point in life like what's something that just seemed like so sucky but like you've learned a ton from so many things (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean so many breakups so many Mm. um so let's go yeah so sarah like i don't know i should have warned you that we're going to these places (laughs) during this interview but let's talk about let's talk about relationships since we already talked about a lot of things for real thank you for sharing so like not anything like like people specific but I want to hear more about since you grew up self-absorbed. You you said that, <laughs> not me. <laughs> um, I mean, I could argue that I still am a bit working on it. Right. I mean, we're all working on stuff all the time. Yeah. How has that been? I mean, the cool thing is at least you're aware of it. Right. Right. You're not just at least ignorantly self-absorbed. <laughs> um, how has that been in re- in relationships? like romantic relationships so frustrating Mm -hmm. um because i don't understand what it's like to share time Mm. i also have like an interesting relationship with my parents because i was always super independent of them and like didn't really enjoy i mom and dad i love you like you know that but Mm -hmm. i didn't always enjoy spending a lot of time with them i don't think most kids don't anyway. But. Okay. Okay. So I would spend a lot of time at other people's houses. I would spend, I didn't really understand the dynamics of family. So mm. a lot of times I would be with my significant other and wanting to go do A, B, and C, and D. And they were like, we need to go to my family's house. We need mm. to spend time with the family. The family needs to be there. Like we need to include my mom. We need to include my sisters. We need to include my brother. Like, but I didn't understand that. Cause I'm like, no, we want to do this. It makes sense. Like, we'll just go do this. We'll be very, like, it'll be more productive. We'll be faster. We'll be able to get it done. Um, yeah, that's been really hard. And I'm like a very much like a planner in a relationship. I'm like, we should go do this and then we should do this and then we should travel here. Mm -hmm. And then if we could go to this and I want to go on all these group dates and our friends are doing this. I like was very, very social dater. Mm -hmm. I think I dated people more for the social groups that I could like get into through them than I did them. Hmm. Like I was more into like being, so I dated someone in college who was far out of my social circle. Like I did the whole, um, like student, student involvement. Uh, I was on campus. I was like super involved in, the Mormon community mm-hmm. and really just like campus leader, church, mm-hmm. fun. I want to know everyone going to all the mix and mingles. And I started dating someone who wasn't Mormon and had oh. this whole social circle of people that I like, as- like knew through association of like being in Greek life, but I was never like included in those social circles because they knew that I probably wouldn't want to be there or, you know, like they didn't it just like was completely mm-hmm. not my not my scene how was how was it because being a devout mormon right yeah um how was it dating a non were they mormon at any point never okay so family so family's not mormon family's not family warned this person when they came to utah (laughs) for school not never to date a mormon okay and so how was that 
it was interesting because I was that girl that we had these really fun things called bring a friend to church day. <laughs> Sounds so fun. <laughs> Especially for the people being brought. Sounds <laughs> Sounds superb. I thought it was so fun. So I would like roll down the window. I'd go to like inside all the Greek houses and be like, oh, no. bring a friend to church day. Everyone <laughs> yeah. come. Like holding up the Book of Mormon, like super stoked. Like That's while funny. the party's going on around me. Yeah. Um. Mostly think I'm funny. That's like probably mo- like I entertain myself by doing these things. <laughs> That's probably for really why I was doing it. Like I wish I had like those good intentions of mm-hmm. like you know, converting the world. But mostly I was like, I'm funny. This is fun. (laughs) But I was like, it was fun for me. So yeah. So I remember I invited him and he told me this. um, He was like, dang, I'm going fishing with someone. I don't even know on Sunday. I wish I could Saturday night though. Homeboys blacked out and like blacked out drunk, right? Drunk, excuse me from the alcohol. (laughs) and tells me he's so cute he was like i'm so sorry i lied to you and i was like Uh, wait what he's like i'm not going fishing tomorrow i don't want to go to church with you (laughs) that's funny (laughs) and then the next day after church he came over to my house and he was uh, he was like trying to talk to me about fishing and i was like i know you didn't go fishing he's like what and i like got to tell him the whole conversation we had the night before that he didn't remember and it was so i was like laughing at him teasing him and he felt really dumb but like i thought it was hilarious hmm. um so it was it was different it was hard um it wasn't actually hard it was super easy like hmm. he was the probably the best relationship i've ever had because i felt like the guys i had dated before and the guys i dated after very much like this idealistic view on relationships And when one bad thing would go on, oh, we aren't meant to be together. This isn't meant to be. But he taught me it's not going to be perfect. And we're going to have to work through things. And these things happen. Like, I'm not trying to just be done with you. I'm just mad at you. And, like, I don't want to be with you tonight. And for me, I was like, that means we're not meant to be. We need so to make up that? right now. He's like, go home. Like, I just don't. Wait, wait. So he said, like, I still like you or love you, but I don't want to be with you tonight. Yeah. Man, props to this guy. <laughs> like, that's so. Yeah. That is. That's a level of honesty that I admire. Yes. And it sounds like like he's not being a douchebag. It's just like, no, like, trust me. I really just do like you so much or love you, whatever. But I just need me time or I need like friend time yeah. i'm just like i love you so much i'm telling you the truth right right which for That's me i cool. was like you don't want to be with me all the time mm-hmm. i'm perfect i'm fun wait you don't huh. want to go show me off at the parties wait like huh. so i put a lot of pressure of like we have to go do everything we need to be there these are things i was not invited to before and i need you to like be there to uh. you know navigate these places Dang. Okay, so you're bring, you're bringing so much up. This is fascinating. <laughs> I'm trying to remember all the places we're going, but it's okay. We're just going with it. Um. So with you talked about how a new, probably a new relationships, right? If we if something goes wrong, right? Not even wrong, but just not perfect. Not perfect. I think we do. I am guilty of this. I am guilty of this. Thinking, oh. <laughs> 
it's not meant to be. It, there's not like perfect chemistry for a perfect year. Right. And you start to doubt. And I think it's not even just relationships. It could be a job or school or whatever. Like, do you have any, I mean, we kind of already talked about like, that's not true. Yeah. But do you have any other advice <laughs> or like experience that can shed light on like, what else can we say for us and people listening that, like, that's not real? So how do we tell the difference between it's not meant to be versus we're just being paranoid? Okay. I think, this is what I believe. I think it's about the gut. Mm-hmm. So this relationship I was talking to you about in college was definitely my heart. Like, I followed my heart, like, loved this guy against all odds like it shouldn't it was not you know wasn't a match that's not like it wasn't her religion yeah so there was like a lot of things that it shouldn't have added up mm-hmm. but it was love like i loved the chemistry guy. was there your heart oh, was the passion yes the chemistry the passion the intrigue the experiences mm-hmm. um that was all there so then we break up next one I'm like, okay, I found my soulmate. Now I need to find my eternal companion. That was your mindset. Yes. Bad mindset going into a relationship. Don't ever do it. <laughs> Interesting. So I was like, okay, this this college guy was like my soulmate. I love him. Like, we'll mm. always love him. Now I just am like looking for that Mormon guy to take me to the temple, to get me to yep. the celestial kingdom. Like, this is <laughs> what I'm going for. So then I was like, head only. Hmm. But head only is fine enough until you're laying next to the guy and you have this like knot in your heart and like your heart is shaking and you just feel like, like that E like the E B like you get the heebie jeebies kind of no, like, no, can't, no, I, I know. So the, I'm <laughs> like, saying, I know what you're talking about in your heart. It's so like, it's crazy. Like I know what you're talking about. It's like a feeling. And that goes for the other way too. Yeah. Of what you mean of like with that soulmate. Like, it's funny how, close of relatives those two feelings are yeah but you know the difference one's good one's not because one really is like your heart is shaking like almost out of like excitement and nervousness and like holy cow how can i feel this yes like in a good way versus i know this isn't right and it sucks yes Hmm. and so the next one will be the gut and then i'll i will really (laughs) actually listen to that yeah the like be really intentional and really listen to the what like not I don't know like what's really what's really going on stop listening to like your heart my like twitter patient whatever that is like just needing it to be all passion and all excitement like I'm one of those girls that has high expectations and like you should I actually really shouldn't well no like I learned something well there's a balance right so I think there's a difference between what is it? I actually wrote this down in my phone about like uncommunicated expectation or another word is another word for fantasy. Okay. Because like, of course not every expectation is going to be met. And if you're in a relationship, but you don't communicate something, you don't communicate your expectation of, Hey, I would love to spend time with you or you know whatever it is like something that you expect or want to talk about if you don't talk about of course it's going to be a disappointment when they don't do it 
yeah. So you have to actually communicate those expectations mm-hmm. and without expecting yeah. that they are going to read your mind or don't you want to have like a just a kick-ass relationship though like yes like that's how i feel so i feel like my expectation is like i know i'm not finding someone perfect well maybe like i know it's going to take work going back to that thing of what this quite the question we posed of like it's going to take work and liking and loving someone so much that like you want to put in that work with that person. If that makes sense. No, that makes complete like, sense. Because, okay, I adore this person so much that I'm willing to do whatever it takes, even and, when it sucks. Yeah. And I think that's the key aspect that I've missed mm. is even when it sucks. Mm. Like, what are you willing to put in rather than just looking for the outputs? Or rather than when it's just in your benefit. Like what work are you willing to put in for this person that you, like assuming that you care about unconditionally. Hmm. That's interesting. Okay, that was cool. Um, Shoot. So before, this was really good subject matter. I didn't expect this, but this is, this is good for me. Like I love this crap anyway. So this is good. <laughs> but uh, let's talk about your Instagram, your side hustle, you call it. Oh uh, yeah, the side hustle. So because I think this is, and you probably, you know, your lessons throughout life, whether it's even starting a sorority, like that's cool. Like I didn't even think about the business aspect of that. I'm sure that's big for your resume too. Of like, look, I started a sorority from nothing. To now it's like the second best or second most recruited, whatever the stat is. Like that's cool. And like even just the the lessons you took away from that. But Instagram. So let's talk about how it started. So of course, how many years so it's 2019. How many years ago did it get popular? So when I was in high school, so even ten years ago it wasn't popular, it wasn't around. Twitter was just Facebook was of course popular. But Instagram, when did like the Instagram, like do it for the gram and like influ- big influence? I think it was like 2013. So 2013 is when it started really getting yeah. traction. That's when like the, do, 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 do it. Oh, when do it for the vine was like a big thing. Yes. Um, But like the same, like do it for the gram. Mm-hmm. Um, You would like yell that. I remember yelling that when yeah. I did a rope swing at <laughs> Smith and Morehouse. Yeah. I also mm-hmm. yelled that. The first time yelled the F word and then the next time literally bailed and fell down the cliff. So do it for the gram is not always in your favor. <laughs> so how did you, so it sounded like you started Instagram probably because of your social nature, right? And of being the fun person looking for connection. Mm-hmm. I actually got it. My friend from BYU, hmm. she was like, she was like, you should download this thing. It was 2010. I remember 2010 and it was like me me kate van wagner and the man repeller i felt like we're like the i was like following those three like the man repeller is like huge she's she's okay a baddie um (laughs) kate's just cool she's always been a cool girl Mm -hmm. and i like it like it really just kind of 
was this part of me that I could do, you know, when Instagram first started, it was like pictures of your food and like indie cool things. Mm-hmm. It was like a part of me that I could take out some of that creativity, that artistic, they weren't artistic, but like there was a little piece of me that was like, Ooh, I can be like cool and hip and like a little moody and mm-hmm. deep and Oh, sub, you know, the people subtweet. I was, I love to subgram. Like I love doing like these, these, <laughs> That's funny. these captions that like meant nothing and meant everything all at the same time. But I was that girl that took a disposable all elementary school. Oh, um, cool. Junior high started scrapbooking, mm-hmm. took a digital camera every single day to high school, had a digital camera in college. Like I always wanted pictures of my friends with my friends that I could remember like my journals are literally I would print out the pictures I journal and I like have the picture right there hmm. so basically like a little blog for myself in journal form I always did that. the OG blog yeah the journal. yeah the journal <laughs> people forget about it <laughs> um so yeah and I was like that girl first day of school at the University of Utah for the first week I wore a sticker that said hi my name is like hi i'm sarah hey i'm sarah i don't know you like front of the classroom wanting to know everyone Mm -hmm. yell at everyone follow me on instagram at sk hammer to the point where some (laughs) kid from like my friends from high school's little brother was performing at some like he's a really good celloist so he's Uh performing at something in salt lake city Uh someone finds out that he's from Brigham city. Uh-huh. They're like, Oh, do you know SK hammer? You know, like <laughs> follow me on Instagram at yeah. SK hammer. Like That's it was my funny. tagline for college. Uh-huh. Like I wanted everyone to follow me. I like when I just barely graduated college, I gave the kid that worked at waffle house and not waffle house. That's here. Waffle <laughs> yeah. love. That's Utah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I gave the kid working the waffle love truck back before waffle love, like had a building even mm-hmm. like they were just the truck. I told him to follow me on Instagram this was literally how many, how many, four years ago, last December, mm-hmm. homeboy still following me on Instagram. I posted a story about wanting to go to the Nutcracker. He DMs me. We go on a date and I start like dating him for the next four months. Like, wow. He's like 22. He's like five years younger than me, <laughs> but he was so cute. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm like, I was just handing out my name like yeah. nothing and like making those connections so that five mm. years down the road, right? Like, did you have that foresight? Is that why you did it? No, I just wanted more. I just wanted more followers. Okay. Come on, I'll be honest. Okay, cool. I love it. So you just wanted followers. I just wanted followers. <laughs> I wanted that number. Hey, I wanted that. I love that you're un- unapologetic. <laughs> like, do you know who Rachel Hollis is? It's okay if you don't. Ooh. So she's like an inspirational, motivational person. No, I don't know who that is. I'm person. sorry. I think you'll... Rachel, I'm sorry. I'll no, look her up. No, you'll like her. I okay. mean, she's not going to be listening to this. <laughs> but uh, so she has a book called Girl, Stop Apologizing. So I think that's cool. That Okay. Is it the same know? one that wrote Girl, Wash Your Face? Yes. Okay. So I've read that one. Mm-hmm. I think maybe Girl, Stop Apologizing is her next one that's about to come out. But anyway, so yeah, you're welcome for the plug. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I've read it. It's good. I'll plug it too. It's good. But... uh. Anyway, yeah, I think that's just a good thing for anyone to not apologize. But, um, okay, so how did it start to evolve from just, hey, I want followers, and how did it start evolving to, like, getting paid? Like, how did you start first getting paid? Like, what was that first step? So, a little background before the first step. Mm -hmm. I 
was also so I had my digital camera, but then I upgraded in 2013 to a DSLR. So I was taking my DS- DSLR everywhere with me and pretend like acting like it was just like a handheld one, right? <laughs> I don't even I took a class, but I still don't even know how to use it on not manual. I mean on manual. I only know auto. I wish I knew more. But to the point where that college boyfriend literally called it second girlfriend. Like we couldn't go anywhere without the camera. I loved taking like lifestyle fun, me and my friends, like how like I just wanted to document what I was really doing because in my head, I really think my life is so fun. Like I think what I'm doing is so fun. I think my like the stories that happen to me are hilarious. And I just always wanted to remember it and have those like memories. Mm-hmm. And then when Instagram came out, there was like that tangible reward, that like validation from other people yeah. that not only in my head, I think my life is awesome. I like people are validating it. Yeah. People are telling me like, how do you get to go on so many trips? Which only makes me makes it worse, which is why I was talking <laughs> to him earlier and telling like, yeah. I'll admit it. I'm in a lot of credit card debt. Homegirl is working on it, though. Goals to get out of that. And that stemmed from just going on trips. Going on trips, wanting, well, wanting to be validated by these people that most of them, honestly, most of the people that actually like Mm. engage with me, I don't know. Most of my real like people I know in real life either have stopped following me because they're annoyed as heck or (laughs) like don't care or can talk to me on the phone. So like trying to get this validation from people that I don't even know. So trips, Mm. yeah, hair extensions, validation, Um, Botox, lip injections. Wow. False eyelashes, always having a fresh manicure. Um, go, I was a member of three gyms in Utah. Like This is before you were getting paid even? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I just, know. I just loved it. Wow. Um, and I loved, I just loved, like, it wasn't, I didn't ever feel like I was creating a facade. Like, yeah, it's highlight reels. But I genuinely was like, this is what my life is and I love it and I want to share, like, I think it's cool. And obviously like doing more cool things just for the photos, it started to evolve into that. Um, but I will say, I'll give you the middle in a minute, but I will say now that I'm doing it more for money, I'm able to be more present in the moment because my photos are already pre-planned, pre-shot. And so when I'm out with friends, I'm actually out with friends. I'm not worried about who's going to get a photo of us doing this cool thing. So it looks like, I want a photo of what we're doing, but like then people are going to get awkward because I'm like, someone take a picture and then they pose. And I'm like, no, I'll just like be doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Never worked out. And then people got annoyed because I always had to take a million photos because no one was ever no- acting normal. They were always trying to pose. So it's actually helped my relationships because I'm able cool. to be in the moment more so than I was before I started doing these, what people are like annoying product shots, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's fine. I think it's fun to try to create something cool. I like that. I think that's a... That's a cool lesson, and I think the casual observer might think it'd be the opposite. Exactly. That you would think you're getting paid now, it's worse. But so I right. think that's cool that it's actually gotten better. So much better. And I haven't been in a serious relationship since making money, mm-hmm. or at least like not to the extent that I am now. And I'm really wondering what that's going to look like when I do get into a relationship. Um, I hope I will have someone who is supportive of it and understands Number one, the joy it gives me. Number two, the like, resi- like the income that can come from it, and um, like why I'm passionate about this making connections and having like these people that I can talk to online that I maybe I've never met in real life. Well, it's just like business anyway, right. or any type of connection. 
Yeah. It's like, why do you want to go to an event or talk to people at work? Right. Or go to a conference. Yeah. It's the same reason, mm-hmm. you know? So how did you start? What was the first instant? Like, how did you first, your influencer journey, like, where did that begin? Um, it started with Albion Fit. So I was asked to be one of their Albion maids. Which is a Utah company, but they, are they global right now? Yeah. I, th- I yeah, know they're, they're big. They're doing so well. Yeah. They're love that. I love my Albion Fit family. And the aspect of being one of their mavens is the whole reason why I want to do this work because not only did they bring in give like give product, they provided a way for you to meet the other people who were in the program. You were able to meet the owners of the company. They provided events where they invited the whole like anyone could come. They're doing like a cake decoration decoration event, a workout class, the whole anyone's invited. Community. Community. It's what mm. I'm all about. <laughs> and yeah. it's this is what actually where uh-huh. it stems from. Coming from Brigham City, small town, everyone knew everyone. You knew each other's business and like people saw that as a negative. No, I loved it. I loved mm. like knowing my friends and knowing their parents and knowing that their parents all knew each other and having this network of people that like created this community and then coming to Salt Lake and realizing I had nothing Mm. and working so hard to build that network and to notice where social structures were and who, who was where and how to put all these people together. And that's what fueled me. My first, like first being in Salt Lake was like, I love making these connections and like this person knows this person and this person. And like, for me, I'm like, how do you all not know each other? Cause I met you both the same place. Mm. Like for me, I was like, you have to know each other. I associate you with the same things. Um, so Albion Fit provides a way to build that community in even a grander scheme, right? So going to the University of Utah, creating community there, and now being in Salt Lake and being able to work with a local company who's bringing in other people that are like-minded, like uh, that enjoy the same things I do, being able to come together, meet other people, have these big social gatherings. And that is where I find joy in this work. Mm. To the point where when I was searching for grad schools, I went and did a lot of grad school visits across the country. Every place I went, I met up with people from Instagram that I had never met mm. before. Um, in Nashville, I had a date with a girl every two hours. Like it was Whoa. blogger after blogger after blogger. To, and it was so fun because they, the first one I was at, I met with a girl and there were two other girls at a different table. And they had like a camera. So I'm like, I wonder if they like do the same things we do. They did. Hmm. Ended up meeting each other. We had brunch, five five of us girls. And then I was going to meet with another girl. They all came along. We did this fun oh, photo shoot fun. in Nashville. Now I see them all together. They're always taking pictures together. They're always, um, and I know they would have met organically at yeah. some point, but I felt like I was able to connect all of them. And now I see them thriving in Nashville, mm. working together. One's a photographer, one's like three of them are bloggers. And so it's like fun to see all these people that I like had reached out individually and they just kind of kept coming to the next date to the next date. And we ended up with this fun That's like cool. group of people. That's what fuels me in this. And it has been so hard being in grad school and not having those opportunities, I've kind of lost, I lost a lot of that fuel mm. of like, why am I actually doing this? Because I started it. My tagline is uplifting others. 
um, with positive outlook, forward thinking and fun loving attitude. That's Hmm. like my tagline. That's my mission statement. That's like what I want to do in this world. And I was able to build a lot of community through social media. And how do I connect people who like, even if it's just connecting people to a product, right? That's still making a connection. It's helping someone in some way. Um, But I love the people to people. And I was able to, even in Utah, a lot of my friends who are doing photography or working together are working together because I knew them all individually and wanted to have a meetup. Hmm. And now they're all best friends still in Utah. And it feels so good. Well, it's cool because it's not just about social for you. Like you really, as far as internet, like you love to meet in person. You love the people aspect, the tangible physical world as well. Mm -hmm. And like, there's a lot of, there's a bad rap for social media. I'm even doing a social media detox as we speak. <laughs> but for me, you know, it's like making sure I'm not like attached to anything. It's just a form of detachment, but we won't get into that. But um, like it is like a good thing because even since I've moved to South Carolina, I've met people, yeah, like at the gym and yoga and networking events, but also through Instagram and right. I've met up with those people. Yeah. And I've even asked like, hey, where do you get your haircut? You know, or just like things like that. Right. Because even being in a new place, you need to ask those questions. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people make fun of the like, let me get on my story and say, a lot of you have been asking me where I got. Right. That's like the typical (laughs) phrase. That is true. Yeah. And you're like, did anyone really ask you or do you're just saying that? (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's always my question. Mm. Um, But it's true. Like sometimes, especially being in a new place, that's how you figure Mm. out. Who are the good people to go to? What places do you want to, like, do you trust? Do you want to go? And it it does help to have that social network. Boom. Okay. Back to Albion Fit. Oh, so, love my Albion Fit. So you had about four or 5,000 followers, right? <laughs> yes. And so they asked you to be part of their second group of mm-hmm. influencers. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I believe, they gave you product but didn't pay you. Correct. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. And I remember being a group message with the other girls who were in the program and a lot of them had been doing this for a while. And so they were already getting paid. So I remember hearing their like them talking about like being kind of frustrated with not getting paid. And I just remember being like, wow, I I just po- like I was like so that was so yeah. new and so foreign. Well, it's kind of like an internship almost. Yeah, it's like this can turn into a job later. Right, but like, they already had their job. You know what I mean? Like they were doing it full time already. Oh, but so they weren't getting paid. E- these people exactly. Oh, so they were okay, like, okay. oh, I need to get paid because all these other companies are paying for me, and I think they weren't allowed to post in others like brands for a whole summer which was hard for them because if companies are paying them oh. they would want to continue with other brands so did they still do it i think they changed i think albion fit changed the policy okay, okay. knowing that they were working with bi- who they're working with right like mm-hmm. they're working with some of the top names which is awesome good for them yeah but realizing that yeah these people can still promote for you and are able to promote for other companies and it doesn't it doesn't detract from your quality and i think that's something yeah. that we have to learn especially as people are trying to like compete and get bigger and like there's room for everyone at the table. Like there really is. There really is. You can follow as many people as you want. Yes. People look are glued to their phone. Trust me. There's, (laughs) there's going to be no shortage. Like people love to scroll and look and like, so how do you think, so it's not just a number of number of followers because you can buy followers. People have to be engaged and your content has to be good. So what do you, why do you think they were attracted to you? Um, I, I really did post a lot of the cool things I was doing. So I traveled a lot. I have 
never mind. I can't say that. <laughs> but uh-huh. okay, I'll say it. We're being vulnerable. I don't know why this is so hard for me to say, uh-huh. but like, I have very pretty friends. So it's like that's okay. The pictures are like appealing to look at. Yeah. Like I'm doing cool things with pretty yeah. people. Like uh-huh. it's your like your it looks good. Your magazine, right? You know, like mm-hmm. it. It's fun to follow, um, and just living this life of like I think especially being at the time like mid twenties. Now I'm like late twenties, but mm-hmm. especially coming from a place where being in your mid twenties and not being married was kind of looked down on um but having people see wow your life is exciting because they're comparing it to their life which like we said everything's a highlight reel and people like we all have our own blessings and like there's a Mm -hmm. lot of people there's a lot of times that I wish I was married with children and like could start my family and have that part of life but that has not been there for me and so I think that also brings a lot of attention, right? Like I'm sitting at home, like doing nothing or working and you're off on these like magical trips that it seems like, you know, but, um, so that brought a lot of attention Mm. and I think that it was nice for me to remind people that like, it's not, it's not a competition and it's also not like we're not diminishing from each other's like Mm. value. Like I, what you're doing there's things I can't do. What I'm doing is things you can't do, but it's not because either one of us are like less than the other. You yeah, know? no, that makes sense. And then other brands were probably exposed to you by, by Albion. Is that what kind of happened? Is that how you started getting more and more? Yeah. I think people, yeah, we can just cut that last part out. It didn't really even <laughs> You're go okay. with anything. You're okay. It's, um, it's a combo. <laughs> just like, look, <laughs> we're not perfect. We're going all over, but that's life. All over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So other companies saw that I was promoting, um, which I hadn't really done. I felt very uncomfortable with it. I didn't want to be a sellout. I didn't want to do the blogger thing. Like it was so Utah stereotypical to like be a blogger. And I was like, I'm so different and cool and unusual. And I'm not going to do that. Which mm-hmm. looking back now, I'm like, had I started this in 2010, like I could yeah. be rolling in the dough. Mm-hmm. But I didn't because I cared more about the approval from my peers and knowing that my social circles would have, which they are now, like I said, like most of them don't even follow me or talk to me, but Mm -hmm. like I wanted their approval so much. I wasn't going to do that. Even not looking at the big picture of what it could turn into. I was more so like in this stage of, I want everyone around me to like me. Mm. Um, But yeah, so then other people like started DMing me. Um, wanting me to take a picture in their product, wear it. And it really wasn't until a, a year after even doing the Albion thing. It's like, um, was it a year? I don't know. Years are all, but it wasn't even until this last. So a year from today, like a year from this spring mm-hmm. that things really started picking up. Um, and it helped with I went to like Salt Lake Creatives events. So I met up with a lot of photographers and other people who were doing it. Uh, Had a lot of um, people like giving me advice and helping me along the way and really being able to get like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm doing this. Okay, what are you Mm -hmm. doing? And a lot of um, help that way, which is that community aspect, which like this girl, her name's Susie. Shatak, I don't even know how to say her last name. Mm -hmm. She met up with me in LA, like on one of my trips and like 
I don't even know why she said yes. Like, it was so nice of her. We had brunch together. And, like, she's, like, a big deal in the, like, Instagram world. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't really realize it at the time. And now I'm, like, that was really kind of her. Like, that was so nice of her to, like, sit down with me. We talked about stuff. She gave me advice. Cool. And so to the, like, to the day I die, I'll like be her number one fan. Like mm. I'll tell everyone that like, she's legit. She's like a real kind cool. person, like not just whatever. So, so what's your advice for anyone? Cause like Instagram, eventually it'll die. Yeah. I think right. It's <laughs> right now. I think right now it's at its peak. Um, but you have, you know, there's always going to be something in its place. Yeah. Right. And so, What's your advice, maybe not just for Instagram in general, but for building that community and building an audience or, or following, maybe, or even building a following? I think it's like... The, the culmination, this is perfect, because the culmination of this conversation, right, is what you did in college with, like, a sorority, what you've done with social media, what you like, like, even what you're doing now in grad school, like, like how you work, like, what you want to do with your career, Um for people who don't know, like, what's just one sentence? Like, what do you want to do with your career so people know what I'm talking about? Um, I work in higher education, so I want to work at a university, college campus, helping um, students build leadership and confidence and moving how to navigate yeah. the university and moving into the right. Real that's world. so cool. And that's so how, what's one tip just for someone to build their own community, build a following? Like, first off, don't take yourself too seriously. And, when I lived in the sorority house, I was a senior. There were a lot of like sophomores that lived in and my, they were going out almost every day of the week. Like they were so young and fun and full of life. <laughs> and, um, I would tell them, go meet three new, make three new girlfriends. Oh, like, like that. make sure to be meeting, not just going there for the boys, not just talking to the girls in your own sorority, like meet, make three new friends. And so a lot of it is put yourself out of your comfort zone. And that building community really starts with a friendly hello hmm. it just starts with making those one-on-one connections which is so funny like it's so simple but it's so true it's so simple it really is just like saying hey what's up and yeah. then if it doesn't go anywhere it doesn't go any anywhere yeah. but you'll find the people that really connect with you yeah people want to be acknowledged and like genuine like people want to be complimented but like actual genuine compliments <laughs> yeah. like notice yeah. something about them and call it to attention. Mm -hmm. um, that sounds more than just like a line that you say to everyone. Um, really focusing on making an effort to listen and get to know. Not one of my biggest strengths. I am very social butterfly. I am all over the place. I seem like I'm really aloof. Um, but I genuinely care about people. Mm -hmm. And knowing that I have superficial relationships with people because I that's how I was raised like I'm an only child and I never really had mm -hmm. to get to know anyone deeply um it's hard because a lot of people will see me as fake or as mm. two-faced or something just like because I'm very much like I could talk to you for five minutes and think we're best friends like and then I could that go is, off for huh. like I'm like you are my friend yeah like you're my best friend until like something happens between us and I realize like oh they don't like me <laughs> like mm. so um so for me, it's just like, I'm really working on being more intentional and genuine and like actually doing quality time. Cause that's not like, that's not my love language. So I'm like hard for me to give. Have you done the Enneagram? Yes. I'm a seven. <laughs> I knew you were. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were. 
I was gonna I was gonna ask if you were a seven (laughs) you are an enthusiast I do like that um that test it's fun okay cool um so as we get close to wrapping up I do a segment that I call scroll my soul okay so what that means is I keep notes of conversations podcasts books whatever it may be that inspires me I write these thoughts down I randomly scroll okay and I stop and I pick a thought okay so your thought is so for you so tell me how you resonate with this just what comes up how you feel about it just whatever pops in your head imperfect action is better than perfect inaction so imperfect action is better than perfect inaction okay this (laughs) reminds me a lot so for those of you listening, I am in grad school right now. I'm like I said, I'm getting a master's in education and student affairs. And a lot of this program is focused on social justice. Um, it has been very uncomfortable for me to have dialogue around social justice for fear of saying or doing the wrong thing. Hmm. And I have had to learn in this program that it is better to ask questions and to have that care than it is to not say anything for fear of saying the wrong thing. And I was able to talk to one of my professors. Um, So we had to film ourselves having a conversation, like role play with a student of like something they're going through. And so that as a professional, if this ever happens, we have counseling skills to talk to students and help them guide them. So my professor's watching and my um, friend is asking me about where to find an LGBTQIA um, community on campus. And I am stumbling all over my words. I'm trying to say the right things. I'm trying to think of like what offices can I like what resources do I know where can I send them like how can I help and my professor has to stop the film and she's like Sarah this is not you like what is going on and I was like I'm just so like trying to say the right thing and she's like think about it this way your best friends you're if you say something dumb insensitive um politically incorrect offensive racist which I will which I have Mm. um unintentionally yeah Yeah. unintentionally yeah um but i they will call me they will say something right and it's like those people who care will talk to you and will say like hey like that wasn't okay and you it's better to have had those conversations than to go around saying or doing things that or not doing anything Mm -hmm. to like support the cause of what you believe yeah i think that's cool so what that reminds me of is I've been at this new job for just over two months and one of my managers um, is black and we were talking. It was really cool. Like I'm, I'm really happy of like how close, like at home I feel already at this company. And it's definitely, the South is definitely different than Utah. It is definitely With diversity. Different. And we were talking about race and a lot of different things and how like, like even just being black and like getting pulled over in a car, like how he has to keep his hands up yep. versus me. I've never thought of that. Like he can't reach in the glove box. Right. I always reach in the glove box and I'm like, whoa, like life really is different for you, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, but at the end of the conversation, I was like, dude, like I felt uncomfortable saying the word black. Yeah. And he started laughing and he was like, no way. He's like, dude, like I had, <laughs> I was uncomfortable saying the word white. And it's so funny that he was uncomfortable saying the word white and I was uncomfortable saying the word black. Like we were both uncomfortable. Right. So 
it's probably both parties are somewhat uncomfortable. So yeah, just like have the imperfect conversation, the imperfect action. It's going to be messy. Like even going back to what you first mentioned, the beginning of this conversation, that wasn't fun. That wasn't, that's definitely imperfect. You've had to, you had to come back. Yeah. Which is cool, right? Like you came back to it, but it's so, again, it's just worth it to be open and having that conversation. It is worth it. And it also, you really have to have that love and care to be even willing to say anything. So if you were saying imperfect things, it is because you are actually have a care about it because it's so easy not to care about things in this life and just to pass Mm -hmm. them by, not say anything, not do anything, especially if the way that the system is working is working in your favor. It's true. It's easy to turn turn a blind eye, not say anything, but it's better to say and ask and really get to know someone, even if what you're saying or doing is not perfect. And even when it just goes for like life, like I would rather be making the mistakes that I am currently making, Mm -hmm. have made, than it is to not have grown. And that is what has come through. It is Um, immense growth has come from all the mistakes. Yeah. You should be proud. Like if you're not, to me, if you're not failing, I don't even like the word failing, but if you're not failing, you're not learning. Yeah. Really though. Like think about it. Like you're always staying comfortable. If you're not learning something new or feeling discomfort or failing, making mistakes, of course you don't want to, I mean, we all actually do make big life mistakes hopefully not over and over again hopefully we learn from them yes however those new experiences will hopefully come new lessons boom boom okay (laughs) sarah so do you have any other words of wisdom do you to part for the for the record what would you like to say as we end all right i'm gonna do a challenge the same challenge i gave my sorority sisters I'm going to give to all of you listeners. I like it. Every single day, at least say hello to one new person or someone you maybe know, but Mm. don't ever say hi to. At least smile, say hello, and learn someone's name if possible. But okay, that's going to be that's the challenge. Okay, so that'll be the goaling challenge. I'll put it. So I'll do that. So the challenge will be to say hello to one person every day, one new person every day. Yes. Okay, boom, it's on. All right, Sarah, this has been rad. Thank you for um, thank you for letting me come to the campus and interview you. I mean, it's just cool how just this random, maybe not random, but the synchroni- synchronicities happen. So thank you. This has been dope. It has been wonderful. It's good to have a friendly face out here. Yes. Okay. Adios. All right, y'all. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Sarah. This week's challenge is inspired by Albion Fit. And no, unfortunately, we're not going to do the one that we were pumped on that you just heard about saying hi to one person every day and, or three people a day and having a genuine conversation. I just did a meet someone new challenge, so I want to switch it up. Um, but this week's challenge is inspired by Albion Fit. They're an amazing brand. And the challenge for this week, hopefully it's not... Actually, it could be a challenge. So it's just part of the journey and it is to practice positive affirmations and positive self-talk. So at least once a day, you can do it throughout the day as much as you want. You can write and or say, so you can journal it, you can look in the mirror, some affirmations. 
So here are some examples of practicing affirmations. My body is strong. I have gifts. I can do incredible things. I am powerful because I make others powerful. I am loved because I give others love. I am the light. Um, I'll give you some more later this week. So tune into my Instagram so you can see what my affirmations are every morning and my manifestations. So tune in because this is I'm, I'm a big fan of affirmations and manifesting in general. And I hope you fully embrace this week's challenge. And there are a few ways you can report back once you complete it. You can post on Facebook or Instagram using hashtag Golink Challenge, tag us in your stories, or use the Golink hotline. The hotline is designed for those who want to remain anonymous but still desire a form of accountability. To use the hotline, call 385-626-0525 and follow the instructions. And man, I would love to, whether it's a DM, a message, a message on Facebook, whatever it is, tag me in your stories. I want to see how you guys are practicing these positive affirmations and how and how and what you're manifesting. So please hit me up. Follow us at Golink Group. My name is Ben. I love you. Have an awesome week. And this is The Golink Show.